Welcome to Closers Over Coffee. I'm your host, Tommy Jacobs. We're podcasting worldwide from WPWK Studios at the Clips headquarters in beautiful Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, however, uh, Matt, today I'm, I am actually down in, in Naples, Florida, uh, podcasting live today. <laughs> Enjoy the weather, Tommy. It's got to be beautiful. <laughs> it is beautiful down here, I got to say. I heard it was snowing back in Indianapolis right now, so I'm glad I'm down here for a few more weeks. The purpose goal of the podcast is to create an open dialogue with professionals and leaders from all walks of life. This is episode number five. Before we get to our guests, here's what's been on my mind. It's been funny because actually, you know, Matt, I was thinking we haven't done a podcast uh, in a little over a month and our goal is, you know, every two weeks to pop one of these out, but we had quite a few things come up. Uh, one with, unfortunately, I was one of the the millions that got uh, the, the COVID. Uh, so I, I was down for a couple of weeks uh, going through that and then got, got better. Uh, the whole family was down with me on that one, unfortunately. Uh, and then, and then I, I actually got better. And then I got, uh, the norovirus, which I'll tell you is nothing you want to get. And so there was like this several week period where it was like, for some reason, all my sickness hit me for the year in about a matter of a couple of weeks. So I think I'm going to be good now, Matt. I, I believe I'm feeling good. Uh, but there was, there was a lot on my mind during that time of, uh, how did I get this? How did I get that? What did I do to get it? You know, and you're you're just you're kind of in your mind about, man, I've been washing my hands. I've been doing all, all the right things, wearing a mask. I've been, mm. you know, and you're like, how does this happen? But you know what? Unfortunately, I think it's it's happened to so many of us and lots of people close to us. And luckily, it wasn't severe. But uh, through this past year, unfortunately, I've I've had lots of friends and business partners that have have seen the worst of it, and uh, um, it's just. I feel that with the vaccination really starting to, to flow and and uh, it seems like we're getting to a maybe over the hump, I want to say. We're definitely not through it, but uh, it seems like we're seeing a little light, Matt, on that. And mm. and uh, it's it's just been it was a tough it was a tough month because, you know, when it hits you, uh, it, I think it makes you think about it a little differently than you were. And so uh, just just grateful that it, it wasn't worse than it was. And oh, man, uh, the family's OK. And uh, lots of my family and friends have, have had to go through it as well. So I'm just this. All of them are in my thoughts. And, and uh, you know, we're going to get through this. And uh, it's just been what a what a crazy year with all this going on. And mm-hmm. it definitely makes me have hope seeing the vaccination getting spread as fast and as wide as it is. And I think that there's just uh, there should be a lot more hope in all of our minds right now. Well, I'm sorry you had to go through that, Tommy, but it sounds like you're on the other side of it and, and uh, pushing forward with positivity. Yeah, you know what? I think, you, again, that's what this podcast was all about. And I think it's great because we've, just like our guest today that I'll get to shortly, you know, we're just bringing uh, positivity to this podcast and opportunity and, and uh, you know, just, just things for you to think of as you're, as, as you're going throughout uh, your days and weeks and months and your life is, is it's so short. And uh, when you have something like that hit you, I think that you think about a lot of <laughs> a lot of different things. And and, uh, you know, you just become grateful, grateful that you're here, mm. grateful that you have the opportunity to wake up and breathe and have your cup of coffee and talk with your friends and build your business. And, uh, you know, so it just just really made me go through a lot of uh, thought process over the last several weeks with some of this. But feeling great now. And I'm glad that we're getting the podcast back rolling. And and that leads me to today's guest. And uh, I'm happy on our fifth episode here that uh, I have joining me today, Stephen Tuhig. Stephen is, uh, he's got uh, two decades of experience in the human development industry. He's, he's been all over the world. He has, uh, he's been working, you know, with startups in India to multinational corporations. He's also just helped thousands of business owners to be more productive, strategic, and successful. Um, you know, he's consistently supported multiple companies and expanding their brand based on more effective business maps, as well as having trained sales teams on the process of sales for Fortune 500 companies. Uh, he's, he's worked with some of the greatest minds you can think of, Tony Robbins, Chet Holmes, and several others. Stephen has worked with organizations 
such as Mankind Project and Boys to Men. He has assisted multitudes of individuals in leading fuller, more fulfilled lives. And that's Stephen's passion and life goal is to create a world where everyone reaches their true potential through strategic intervention and planning. Without further ado, please welcome Stephen Tuhig to the podcast. Stephen. How's it going, Tommy? I'm just so happy to talk to you, man, that, that we're on this together and and uh, just going to have an exciting podcast today. How are you doing? I'm holding up pretty great. You know, the the, the COVID experience has, has really allowed me the ability to understand and look at what's important in my life. And we, we all look at what the struggles are financially as a company and stuff like that. But really, as an individual, I think the entire planet has gotten a little bit of a timeout to, to look at you know, what's important in their life. And for me, it, it, it's friends, it's family, it's connection, it's, um, you know, being part of, and, you know, COVID is, is as much as it's impacted us in a negative way, it's, it's, it's really offered a lot of value in regards to redefining what's important to us and who we are. And so I've spent my time doing that. And, man, I've just spent so much time with my kids. we we have the uh, the World Series of Cowboy Golf that we do on a regular basis now. <laughs> Can you explain what Cowboy Golf is? Uh, some people call it ladder ladder ball. There's like a uh, a ladder with three rungs on it, and you have these two balls that have a string that tie up. They're tied together, and they swing. And depending on which uh, rung they land on, you get a point, a different point, one point, two point, three point for each ladder. It's kind of like uh, horseshoes, but with two balls in a string. Wow. I'm going to have to try this map. Maybe we set this up back, uh, back in Indy and we get this game going. <laughs> yeah. Sounds fantastic. <laughs> Let's do it. It's a, it's a great time. I tell you what, it, I didn't think I'd like it, but you know, just watching the kids light up and they get really competitive and they get to enjoy that. So um, it, it's been a great time. I mean, I've, I've really enjoyed myself in business from a business standpoint. You know, we, the, the world is still a little bit on fire. You got 30% of homes not making their household income. You've got divorce rates twice what they were. You've got, um, you've got a, a overdoses through the roof and, my uh, clients and cohorts in, in the in the person in the human development, be it counseling or therapy or whatever, have said that it's just unbelievable um, the amount of uh, mental kind of pressure that's been put on us. And I think that what that is is an opportunity. I think that all suffering is an opportunity to grow. So this is an opportunity for us as a species to grow. So I've been leaning into that and finding all kinds of results and love and and growth from that. So. It's just been a great time for me. You're you're a pretty remarkable, amazing person. I've gotten to know you. And I, I just, if you could give us a 90 second bio, I know I walked everyone through kind of what you've done, but if you don't mind, just for everyone listening here, I, I like for them to understand that if they don't know who you are, tell us about yourself, Stephen, how you got to this point, what you've done, kind of who you've worked for, and, and, and who's really made Stephen Tuhig into uh, who you are today. Yeah, and, and that's a great question. Thanks. I uh, April two thousand. I took a I took a training. My first my first personal development training was April fourteenth two thousand, and I learned to develop a mission, a personal mission of service, and really went wholeheartedly into the deep end of the pool in that. And and my mission is to create a world where everybody reaches their true potential by making the impossible possible, which is transformation. And my life's pur- my my purpose is to channel light, love, and grace. And so, I've had a ritual for the past little over two decades now that every morning I get up, I get on my knees, I state a specific prayer, and then I take this. I have this necklace. I put this necklace around my neck, and I go, "Okay, what did I do?" And I and I state my mission. And then I go throughout my day, and I try to focus on. I've got an anchor point that I can come back to and get recentered. And at the end of the day, then I take my necklace off and I go, okay, what did I do today to push that dial? What did I do today to live that mission? And that has really driven me. That's what's really kind of developed. And people say you uncover your purpose, you define your, I don't think you do any of that. I think you, you, you grow into your purpose. And that's been my experience. And I continually push that dial a little bit over and over over the past two decades. And so I started working for Tony Robbins and in just in the sales department and 
you know, he started to develop this business develop this business program that um, was unlike anything I'd ever seen. You know, I, I started off prior to that. I was working for Gateway Computers and I was training their SMB teams and built their account management teams and really was killing it over there. But I, I again, with this mission, it was like I'm just not doing enough. I'm not leaning in enough. So I went to go work for Tony and I was in the sales department and he was trying to get this business division off the ground and he just for whatever reason he just couldn't get it to go and he was doing i think a hundred people in this it was a ten thousand dollar event he was doing a hundred people at a time he'd fly him into fiji and he just couldn't get it to go over that and i came in he said i want you to go move over into this business to business thing and i'm like tony i got no desire <laughs> to talk to business owners i want to work with people to help them change he's like this is different different than anything you've seen and uh, I think it was 2011. I went to my first business master experience with Tony and it was just like in awe for five days, 12 to 13 hours a day. I was just blown away at what he was doing. I said, okay, I'm in. And so then he started this division. And at the time it was me and one other guy in this quote unquote division. And, and we started growing and, and I, you know, I trained all their, uh, their senior business reps and we grew that thing from having a hundred people into the room to where I can remember standing there looking at this room. We had over, I think it was two, 3000 people and see Yogesh, the COO came, stood behind me and said, you know, uh, was telling me how, how, you know, oh, this is great. You must be proud. I'm like, this is Tony stuff. This is easy. And in that time I started seeing how people would pay $10,000 for this event. And then I would call them a couple of weeks later and I say, okay, where are you at? What are you doing? What have you implemented? And there was probably a good 50 to 60% that weren't implementing anything. Like I would say, where's your 10, 10, 10, where's your three to five to thrive? Where's your seven and seven? And they would be like, I don't even know what you're talking about. So then I started developing a, an integration process where I would follow Tony's feet and then just integrate piece by piece over a weekly basis and started developing, um, a mastermind group that grew to, you know, several thousand businesses. And every Monday night I would get on this conference call with them and we would go through these different pieces of this information. And I really got to understand. I didn't really, I, I, there were a lot of things that I understood about business, but until I started working with Tony and started doing integration sessions with these people, I didn't really understand it at the depth that I needed to as a sales professional, like, why do we track, measure, and manage at the level we do? And why are you writing me for this? And you, you're not understanding that the customer wants this, but you're asking me for that. And once I understood the mechanics of how business was run, oh, that makes so much sense why Tommy's, Tommy's asking for that number or why he's looking for this, right? And so I started implementing and integrating with these. And I, I got the opportunity then to you know literally run over 10,000 strategic interventions with business owners from around the world. Um, using the technology, and I actually implemented his framework with a little over 3,000 people, and through that process, got really acquainted with how to grow, what it takes, what how to look for the problems, and then I started traveling around the world and speaking and 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 working with individuals one on one. And this whole time, in the background, I continued to develop how do I how do I engage change? I did shadow work. I've been doing two decades of shadow work. I did uh, studied uh, Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey and was doing all kinds of different intense uh, psychological workshops. And I started seeing a lot of similarities. Um, I spent some time as an addictions therapist prior to working for Gateway. And I started seeing a lot of similarities in what sales professionals were doing when they were working with their clients. And this work that was being done over on the other end of the fence with all of these change agents, these, you know, counselors and such. And I started to see this overlap, this amazing, interesting overlap. And I, and, and it finally hit me what my role was in sales, that I'm an agent of change. That's what I do. And so from that process, I started to develop these, uh, started pulling in all of Tony's stuff, Chet's stuff, um, 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 shadow work, um, change, uh, stages of change model, NLP, NAC, um, 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 cognitive behavioral therapy, spiral dynamics, uh, uh, seven basic human needs, Jungian archetypes. And I started to develop this deep understanding of how the mind processes data and, and have developed. And, and then it became time. It's like after a while, if you're in sales, 
and you're really committed to a product, and I believe that if you're going to be in sales, you should fully believe in what it is you're selling. I started to reach this point to where my, it's like, you ever had that experience where you put on a pair of pants and it's too tight for you? Like they don't fit anymore, especially after Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, I'll tell you, Stephen, that, that has happened many a times, and I think I know why. But is there is there another reason? I mean, sales training hasn't really evolved since the 50s. Like it's still the same kind of framework, and it was time to start to evolve and get my mechanics out. And so two weeks before COVID, I quit my job, dream job, working with the world's leading business consultant to start my own practice, and then COVID hit. <laughs> and everything that I learned, there's a difference between teaching something and coaching something and actually experiencing something. You know, they say that business is 20% mechanics, 80% psychology. And I was a strategist. You know, I was trained through Cornell in business strategy. I was trained in strategic intervention through Robbins Madonna's. I've done various other trainings around that. And then I was finally able to see this is what Tony means by its 80% mindset, 20% skill set, because there's a difference between working for somebody and eating what you kill. You know, there's a, there's a whole mental mindset that comes on when, when I had to shift. And that was an interesting uh, experience for me because I actually had to use the stuff for myself that I had taught and had been coaching for so long. And that has developed over the past year and really allowed me the ability to understand at a core level what it is that I'm actually teaching. It's awesome, man. I, I think it's it's uh, it takes a special person to, to do what you're doing. And it's amazing that it's definitely been a calling for you. How was your time working with Tony? And can, can you talk us you know, a little bit more about how that all came about? You starting to work for Tony and expand. How's that kind of expanded your name and your reach to what you're doing today? Yeah, I mean, working for Tony was it, it was such an eye opening experience. When I first went to work for him, um, I was I was working in Gateway, and I mean, I was I was one of the top eight percent of the entire. This was pre layoffs. This was back when Gateway was you know the the most one of the most recognized brands on the planet. And you know, I, my rating they had a rating system there where they rated their employees, and I got pulled in by the director and said, "We've never given a rating." quite this high and I wanted to give it myself instead of the manager giving it. And I, I felt great because, you know, I was killing it and I was being helpful and my clients were, were, were getting what they needed and, and they were being served well, but I just didn't feel like my calling was being met. And I thought, well, I need to do another training. So I went up online and I saw that Tony was uh, the Unleash the Power Within, the Firewalk, for those that they don't do that anymore, it's a board break right now. But um, I was like, oh, I should go do that. And then I saw the price tag and I was like, oh, that's expensive. And then I kind of scrolled down to the bottom of the page and said, oh, he's hiring. <laughs> and like any good salesperson, I just bugged them until they hired me. <laughs> it's really the, that simple, Tommy. I just, you know, would put would put a reminder in my calendar that, you know, time to call Shari, at, you know, two, three times a day. And they hired me, you know, on the spot simply because I was so persistent that they, you know, here's this Iowa boy, a Midwest Iowa boy, moving all this stuff to San Diego, California. And then I was I was opened up to all his technology. And the reason why I wanted to go work for him was simple. I felt that if I was really going to master the art of influence, that I needed to work with a master. I needed to work with somebody who really knew this stuff, breathed it, lived it. And so that's why I went to work for Tony. And, you know, that organization is very, very intense. They demand a lot of you. Um, and they demand you to demand a lot of yourself. And you know, there was a lot of things that I invested in myself that had nothing to do with the role. And that's typically my, my MO, you know, I was working at Gateway. I had a Cisco certification, A plus certification. Like I wanted to really know what I was talking about. And so I, that same, that same mentality, I passed over to Tony and I, you know, I, I, I was listening to audio every day, all day. I was sitting in workshops and, and I would word for word. I, I remember the first business training I went to with Tony, I took, uh, what was it? 30 pages of notes. And then I would go back at the end of the night and I would take that first series of notes and I would copy it into a second notebook and clean it up. And then when I went home, I went home and took that second set of notes and I actually copied it onto into a word document. I come up with like four pages of single spaced questions that were asked on stage. Because I just wanted to just gobble up and understand so much. 
And that's exactly what's demanded of you when you're working for Tony. You're, it's demanded that you bring out the brightest version of yourself. So there were moments when, you know, to be completely honest, there were moments when I was like, this seems to be a lot. And can I really do it? And coming up with it, you know, we all have two fears, one that I'm not good enough and two that you're not going to love me. And so I came up against that shadow belief uh, multiple times and had to jump, step up my game and, and choose to be something bigger and lean into the pain of, you know, if you're going to play, because most of the people that come there are sharks, like they're people that want to be the, you know, they want to be number one, they want to be the best of, that's what Tony typically draws. And so that's not why I was coming there. So I had to lean into a lot of that teaching and really, you know, force myself to step out of the box and grow. It, it, it was an unbelievable lesson in, you know, who do you really want to be? And if you're willing to be that, you've got to be willing to invest because anything you don't finance won't flourish. And so it was, it was a great time. You know, it's funny. I, I mean, the, the way me and you uh, actually met was I, I had reached out to Tony and uh, I was looking to get uh, into his program. And, uh, and what was interesting is how me and you got connected there. And of course, Ashley was involved um, and it just kind of grew into something, you know, uh, bigger, you know, between you and I just talking through that. And then you, actually came and spoke uh, in front of my whole uh, company for us. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's amazing how you meet people and the ways that you, you meet people. And, and, and just, uh, you know, that, that's how me and you got connected. And, uh, you know, then and you've really kind of, at this point, you started uh, the mastering uh, business that you own now, which is Mastering Change. Talk to me about the move from, you know, doing what you've done and, and working for, for Tony and all these you know, other people that you've done. And now you've kind of went out and you've created and started Mastering Change. And talk to us about the moment that that happened, because that's a, that's a big risk. You had a great situation that you loved and you're traveling all over the world and you touched all these people. And then you, you know, wake up the next day and you're like, I'm going to go do my own thing. And I know that you had a long conversation with the organization about it before you did it. But can you can you walk us through that? Because that's a that's a big situation, a big deal, and a life changing move. Uh, can you can you talk through through that a bit? Yeah, that was. I mean, that was a fairly long process. It was, um, uh, you know, was working. Uh, I was doing Monday nights at nine p.m. Eastern Standard. I would, for no cost, run these integration sessions as part of the the value that I was bringing to clients because I really wanted them to get the technology. It wasn't about selling them. It was about getting them to change. And, you know, I really got good at that and really found that was my calling. And so I felt this pull, you know, I'm living in a, at that time I'm living in a nine bedroom, 5,000 square foot home overlooking the mountains in Colorado Springs. And um, I'm traveling to Serbia and Australia and, 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 and London and France and Canada. And I'm, I'm just traveling around the world, meeting all these amazing people and Tony's paying me well. And I've got, you know, uh, he has an ESOP. So I've got, got stock ownership and like really taking excellent care of us, but I was just not feeling fulfilled. And that seed started to grow and it kept growing and it kept growing and kept growing. And I remember talking to my wife, it's like, something's wrong. You know, there's something not matching up. I don't feel like I'm in sync. And that conversation with her went for about a year because, you know, I believe that uh, our, our intimate relationships, I can be completely successful in my business. I can be completely successful in every area of my life and my health and my finance. But if my personal relationships aren't in order, I'm having a miserable day. Right. Oh, and yeah. so spent a lot of time and talk with her and I wanted to make sure that I wasn't moving away from something, moving away from the discomfort, moving away from the not feeling. I wanted to make sure I was moving towards something. I believe that you can't build on failure. You can only build on success. And so we finally got to a point where it was enough was enough. You know, I, I'd done everything that you can do here. The division has been built. It's a well-functioning, well-oiled machine and the role was starting to change. And, you know, there, there are two when you when you're when you're building a team, you first look for you have builders and then you have farmers. The builders are the folks that come in and they build something new. The farmers are the ones that come in and manage that. I've got the ability to do both, but I prefer to be in and out. And this is something I uncovered. And so once I uncovered that, my wife and I talked extensively 
you know, one day I remember going out to dinner and I, I was talking about something that was going on. And she said, you know, I think it's time. I think it's time for you to do this. I think it's time. I, I, I have absolutely no value and no doubt that you're going to be amazing at this. You know, let's do what we did, need to do. And so we, we actually sold that home and moved our, you know, we had five, I got seven kids, five left in the home. We moved those five kids and from a 5,000 square foot home into a 500 square foot RV um, with us and two dogs and a cat. And, <laughs> and I, you know, I, I, if you can't be in a position where financially, because I knew that the reason businesses fail typically is they fail to anticipate the road ahead, they're underfinanced. And so I wanted to be in a position where if I'm going to start a business. I can work with the people that I want to work with, not the people that I have to work with. And so we moved in this RV. Now I will tell you that was probably one of the dumbest genius ideas that I've ever had <laughs> in that um, living in an RV with five kids, there's just not enough room. And so I, it taught me the value of personal space, but it allowed me the ability to financially be set so that I didn't have to. You know, the reason why I came and spoke with you guys was because I believe wholeheartedly in what you guys are doing, who you're serving, put your your mission, your, your culture, everything you guys got going on there is just so inspiring. That's what I want to work with. And so, you know, setting myself up that way prepared me. But then even then, that process of going from, a, you know, and I was a, I was, I was straight commission. I only ate what I killed in, in, in the Robbins organization. And, you know, I was one of the top, I mean, I was the top paid rep there for several years. And I think I still hold the record for the most people going into the business mastery program. So everything was great when I ate what I killed, but. And that transition, although it's only a two millimeter shift from being a straight commission sales professional to a, uh, a business owner, that two inch, that two millimeter jump is profound, you know, because now you are, you know, you say, you know, this stuff and you say, you know what you're doing. Now it's time to put one foot in front of the other and actually live what it is that you believe. And for some strange reason, there's a shift that happens internally in you know, our, our, our Pax Mundi, the center of the universe in us. And so, you know, there's a lot of growth that came out of that and a lot of, um, you know, and, and Tony, I remember sending Tony a message on Slack said, Tony, you know, I appreciate everything you've done for me. Um, you know, the genius that you should unlock, help me unlock. And through that, I now have to take, you know, I've, I've got a seed that's been planted in my soul and it's time to get it out. His response was, man, I'm happy for you. And I'm bummed that you're leaving. If there's anything you, you know, this is your home. If you, if you, if there's anything that you want to do um, in this organization at any given time, you let me know, we will welcome you back with open arms. And that made me feel really good, you know, because I knew then that I left in a good way. Um, I, I left on the top kind of thing. And, you know, and then when COVID hit Tony, he, you know, it, it took him a minute to get his footing and it was everything I could do not to go back and say, Hey guys, how can I help? So, um, it was a very interesting transformational process for me, Tommy. I mean, it, it, it really, it really honed me. That's awesome. And I mean, there's just so few people that'll make that type of jump and, and you did it. Congratulations. It seems like it's just, it's been right for, for every reason. And uh, that's great to see. I, you know, what, what's been your biggest defeat in your career so far and, and how did you overcome it and grow from it? Well, I, I, you know, the one that you say your biggest, I mean, I can think of several, several situations. I remember when I was, we were at an Unleash the Power Within. And at this point, you know, we were just building up the business mastery division. And um, it was, again, me and this other guy, and we were just building it. They had this big gaudy uh, uh, stand up that was at the event. I think they had like 3000 people there. And they gave me the opportunity to go speak to what they call the crew, which are the volunteers. It was one of those experiences, Tommy, you've spoken, so you know how this works. I walked out of that room and, and I went up to my, my hotel room and I was in tears because it was like, what? You suck at this, right? And you know, the reality is you can't go from suck and go to rock. You can't jump from I don't know how to do this to I'm really good. I'm not a speaker. I'm an agent of change. I'm a facilitator. I had to choose. I remember in a moment laying there telling myself, you suck. You should just stick to selling. That's what you do. And I remember hitting this moment where, but if you're really committed to making this little voice in the back of my head, if you're really committed to doing what you need to do, you got to be willing to walk through the suffering. You got to be willing to, you know, lean into the suck to get to Iraq. And that was transformational for me. The second 
probably the second one that comes up is the most recent. And that's, you know, when I quit Tony, my job, my ideal was to have these uh, purchase, uh, rent one of these Airbnbs where they got like 20 different rooms and bringing 20 different reps in and running them through this intense three, four day workshop where I break down the sales process, the, the influence process, change agents and all that, show them exactly how to do this work. And so I spent, you know, a considerable amount of time, money and effort preparing for this thing. And then two weeks later, COVID hit. Uh, and now I've made this massive investment to go left and there's no longer a doorway there. There's no longer a road. Like it's not even an option kind of thing. And that process had me look at what are you really wanting to do? And again, I think that suffering, if you look at why people change, there's two reasons why people change. When the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of change, we change or when the pain, when the, when the, when the uh, solution becomes greater than the problem can ever be. And so I had to really sit back and go, am I willing to continue to transform who I am to meet the need that I'm trying to fill? Or am I going to allow the situation to dictate my failure and who I am? And I just, you know, I got, I had five kids and I'm looking at my kids thinking, well, what are, what kind of a message are you going to send them if you go back to Tony? Cause I, again, I, in my mind, I can always go back to Tony, right? I can always go back here. I can always go back. And right. I, I had to, I had to, in my mind, look at what, who I really am, what my purpose is and what am I willing to give up? Because I've got to willing to, I got to be willing to let some part of me die to let another part of me grow. And that, that churning has created a massive, uh, a massive momentum in me, a massive passion in me, because I've become more certain in who I am and what I'm capable of. You've kind of built your name up without a whole lot of social media uh, expansion. You've got a good client base. You're growing your client base. Do you feel you've left something on the table for a younger audience, though, by not having a, a bigger social media, you know? presence out there? Is that something you're looking at? Or do you think that there's a different way in this type of business that you're, you're able to go get these clients that you are today? Well, that's a great question. I believe that, you know, when you look at the stages of development of a business from birth to death, you know, a business, if you looked at it like the lifestyle of a person, each business goes through a specific stage of development. So you have your infant, your birthing stages, which you know, that's just pain. <laughs> just like any other burden. You're, you're making yep. an investment. You're not seeing any return. And then you get to infancy. Well, an infant does several things. It eats, sleeps, poops, and cries. Just ask Matt. He'll tell you. <laughs> right? it's like, that's, that's all it does. And, and business, when you're at infancy, really the only value is pride of ownership. Now, I'm a business owner and I'm doing this. And then hopefully you get to what we call toddler stage. Toddlers where, you know, the business will, will toddle on its own. It'll walk, but it's not going to go far without you getting there. The next stage is what we call go-go or teenage stage. And now it's like you hand your 16-year-old keys to the car. You go, you know, don't go over don't go over the speed limit. Make sure you don't text and drive. Wear your seatbelt. And what do they do? Like everything, right? They do everything you told them not to do. And so at that stage, you start putting systems in place. And so I'm in my infancy. Um, you know, I've got a little bit of a presence on social media, but I haven't pushed it. I haven't, I haven't really pushed it at the level that I want to. And the reason why is because I want to make sure that my wheels are set. I want to make sure that the engine is, is good. I want to make sure that my steering works. I want to make sure the engine sh turns on and shuts off. Sure. And so I've been, you know, I've been very, I've been very, I may be moving a little slower than, than what I'd like, but at the same time, um, being very consistent in the value that I provide so that I don't, you know, like I, I think I told you, I only want to take on 40 clients in a year. I don't want to take on anything more than that. And so I'm very, very conscious of not over stressing the engine so that I can provide the value I need to and then make the adjustments at the end. Like you go bring the car into the, into the mechanic shop and say, okay, this, this wheel here kind of drug me a bit. Let's, let's make that adjustment. So that's kind of the stage of development that I'm at. And the younger clients that I'm running into are really interesting. Like they are, um, I see this lot, a lot of talk about the millennials and you know how the millennials don't want to work. And there is that, um, that dynamic. But what I'm also seeing is a whole nother type of millennial that is just unbelievably hungry. And they will gobble up anything you put in front of them and digest what works and throw the rest out. And 
So, you know, the folks that I'm working with that are finding me seem to be the younger crowd seem to be extremely hungry for growth. And so, you know, it, it, it's a work in progress, just like any other businesses. And, and, and the folks I'm finding are loving it. And I hope here real soon, you know, my, my online training is 99% tuned up and ready to go. And possibly by the time this thing goes to market, it'll be up and running and moving forward. That's great. I'm excited for you. I think it's awesome. When, when, when me and you were talking, you, you really had a profound experience that uh, I'd like you to share today. It, there, there, was a, there was a conversation we had, and you talked to me about the lady you met that was working the border. And uh, it, it really was, it, it kind of touched me in a way that I think it's a story that needs to be shared. And it was about, um, you know, just what's been happening with uh, these young kids uh, and uh, how they uh, unfortunately have been being brought over uh, the border and, and there's the sex trafficking and you, you, you really had a, had a mission there and you're working with that lady. And if you don't mind, that was a really profound moment for you. And it was a profound conversation me and you had. And I, I think it's just a, a really remarkable story. If you'd, if you'd like to share that, I'd that'd be awesome. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, again, I'm, I'm working for Tony. I'm, I'm living my mission. I'm, I'm fully in the moment. I'm, I'm feeling as though this has resonance. And this lady comes on my line, real nice lady. She kind of not really didn't have a business. Um, and so I was having trouble being able to adjust and being able to put her into the program. It's like, well, tell me what's going on. And she's like, I don't know. I just feel cold. I just feel, and I was like, okay, well, you know, okay, I'm going to put you in this room. Um, and she was telling me how big of a need it was. And so, so, okay, we'll put you in the front section of the room. And, um, just, I really, I, and I distinctly remember this lady cause I was like, man, I hope this lady gets it because she doesn't seem like she's got any business strategy at all. And she came, I remember I was, you know, I was working, I was helping people get enrolled and, and she was standing. I saw this lady, this real nice looking uh, lady who had just gotten nose something done with her sinuses. So she was all puffed up and bruised. And I thought, well, somebody's got to help this lady. So I came up and come to find out it was Marilyn. I'm like, Oh, Hey, Marilyn. I'm like, you're in the wrong line. You're over here. You don't belong over there. And I'm helping her get, um, get plugged in and, and uh, everything's going in. And then, and then, you know, the, the event starts and we're going through the event and Tony has this process where he talks about financial um, financial mastery. You know, as a as a business owner, we we focus on you know paying the bills. We focus on uh, we focus on you know having money to to deal with three three months, six months out. And the other thing he said is you got to have buckets. When you know what do you do when you bring money in? What are you doing with that money? He's talking about what he calls the dream bucket, and he's going around the room, and he's. Uh, you know, this word, I'm going to get myself a red Porsche. And he's like, Oh, red Porsche. Huh? He's like, yeah, it's like this. And it's like that. It's this much money. And Oh, that's a great idea. And he goes over to this other guy. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to have a giant mansion and my family's going to live in it. They're going to be able to do this and that. And he's like, awesome. And he walks up to Marilyn and she says, I'm going to, I'm going to save a life. So he's like, what are you talking about? And he said, well, she says, well, she says, I work for a company. I work with a company called the Underground Railroad. The Underground Railroad is an organization that was that was created by these ex-FBI, ex-deep uh, ops, these ex-agents who their job was to go in and find the, you know, clean out the dirty, dirty, right? Do the, do the tip of the spear in regards to American, uh, the American force. And uh, what they do is they go into these organizations, they go, they go undercover to these places all over the world where these, these, these kids and women, men, uh, and little girls and boys have been abducted and they're now caught up in sex trafficking. It's, 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 it's a sickness. It is one of the fastest growing industries on our planet. Um, I was unaware that slavery, slavery is more prevalent in today's, in today's society than it was back before the civil war. And it's because of sex trafficking. And so Tony says, she says, I work with this organization called the Underground Railroad, and, and I think it was like $10,000. For $10,000, we can save a life. And she goes into talking about sex trafficking. And Tony says, for $10,000, you can, you can get a person out of sex trafficking? And she says, yep. He said, I'll give you $100,000 right now if you can get me 10, 10 people. She said, done. Wow. And so the next thing you know, and this is totally unscripted. Tony has no idea that this lady's in the room. And I'm watching from the back of the room, and the hair of my arm starts 
stand, the hair and you ever had that where something starts happening the hair on your arm starts standing oh, yeah. up and starting goosebumps like oh. that's happening i've got tears in my eyes i'm just starting to ball next thing you know somebody grabs a microphone and this gentleman says you know tony i can't uh, i can't match this and me and my wife are retired we've never we were never able to have kids i haven't i haven't checked with my wife yet but we'd like to we'd like to donate ten thousand dollars as well to your cause and then the next thing you know another guy grabs the mic and, it, and Tony starts bawling. Like he's just sobbing. He's like, Oh, this is unbelievable. You can see he's overwhelmed by this emotion. There was a line, Tommy. And you imagine this is a massive ballroom all the way from the front of the ballroom to the back of the ballroom, out the door and around the corner of people in line donating money mm. to this cause. And, you know, I remember it, this then became Tony's thing. And we ended up, I think it was like $1 million is what we ended up getting. And Tony wow. matched that amount. And it, it, it was just, for me, it was a very, it was a very pivotal moment where I was like, okay, I'm on, I'm right. You know, it's that moment where you go, I did, I am right where I need to be. Yeah. And it wasn't the whole, I didn't have to be on stage. I didn't have to be uh, the one offering money. I played my part in this interaction that has caused uh, to push that narrative, to shift the trend to, again, to impact that environment in a way I want to do it. So very powerful moment for me. Yeah, it was. I, I, it was just a profound conversation we had early on, you know, well over a year ago that really touched me. And I, I think it's just an amazing story. More people need to know about it. More people need to try to help because it is a serious, serious situation right now in our country, in our world, in our world. Um, uh, you know, what are some of the names you look up to in your profession right now. I, I know Tony's one. Is there is there a couple others that you keep an eye on that you that you listen to uh, that you recommend others that may have interest in 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 what you do and maybe what some of your peers do here. Who's who's the big names that, that you're listening to right now? Uh, the big names. Well, let me just pull out my books and see what I'm reading. How about that? I mean, that'd I, be awesome. What are we yeah, going to be reading? Yeah. What do we need to be reading? Right. So I'm doing a lot of books on audio. I'm loving that. So uh, doing a lot. Robert Johnson is a, is a, is a good change agent. If you're looking for some deep psychology, um, I'm doing, uh, let's see the Wim Hof method. He was an interesting character uh, in regards to keeping your mindset. Augmandito. If you're not listening to, if you haven't listened to the greatest salesman on the planet, like if you haven't read that book yet, you are not in sales. <laughs> it's just literally that easy. Right. Um, the alter ego effect by Todd Herman is, is really, really transformational. Uh, the science of storytelling by William Storr, uh, is phenomenal in regards to how the mind processes data. I mean, I think if you're going to be in sales and you're going to help people make up their mind, you should know how the mind is made up. Uh, the road to character by David Brooks is excellent. Um, Jordan, Jordan Peterson, anything he does is phenomenal. Uh, wired for story, Lisa Crone. Mapping Innovation by Greg uh, uh, Sattel. Um, if you're looking for anything in regards to um, anticipating the road ahead, there's a book called the uh, the, the Four Seasons or Turn the the Turning Point. Um, it talks about the four seasons, and you know we go into 80 year cycles. Principles by Ray Dalio is a phenomenal book. Tribe of Mentors by uh, Timothy Ferris is a great book. Like in brand identity, that's a good, that's a that's a phenomenal book on re understanding branding and, and identity. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I could go on. I could go on. <laughs> there's there's a lot of stuff that I just recently, uh, as I'm developing my my program, there was a lot of stuff that just really started to see how everything. All of the trainings all seem to start to be aligning. We're going through this massive change. I think that COVID has kicked off a, a renaissance of sort of us really understanding what we're doing, who we are as a, as a being and, and where we're going. And so there's a lot of stuff out there right now that's had some phenomenal impact in what I do and, and how I do it. Amy Cuddy's Presence is a great book. If you're a lot of, a lot of CEOs I work with that some, they struggle with uh, that um, imposter syndrome. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not good enough. Yeah. And Amy, Amy really did some great research on there's a certain percentage of people that if you're in a, in a, in a heightened position will automatically feel that because we all have two fears, one that we're not good enough. And, and two, that we're not going to be, a, not going to be loved from a selling standpoint. You have insight selling by Michael Harris, which is a great book as well. Entering the shift age was the other one that was eye opening for me. Uh, David Huell wrote that. I think I spoke about it in your in your speak and in your speech at Klipsch. 
when you start to study time, what you find out is time, the velocity of change has increased at such a rate that what happened in 100 years is now happening in 10. And what's happened in 10 years is now happening in a year. It's not that time is speeding up as if tick, 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 tick. It's that more stuff is being packed into every moment than has ever been. I mean, we, we have now have access have access to the amount of data is, is suggested to be doubling at the rate of every second. And so the amount of information you have available to you, the amount of things that you're having to deal with, you've got to learn how to anticipate change, which is where the name mastering change came from. It's not about me mastering change. It's about my clients mastering the ability to adjust, pivot, and redefine themselves in a way that allows them to survive in a world where change has become a constant. Those are some great reads and, and books. And uh, I, you named a couple that I'm actually, I've not read that I'd like to, to read. So I appreciate that. I took down a few notes there. Um, as we get close to the end here, you know, you're, you're talking to a lot of different industries and working with a lot of different industries right now. Uh, where do you see the biggest impact opportunity and 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 what you're looking at? And is there some is there some industries that you can see a pretty tough road ahead? What, what, what are you seeing and what are you, what are you working on? Yeah, well, you know, I'm working I'm, I'm working with some transportation folks, audio, obviously, um, uh, mortgage folks. Um, I'm working actually working in politics now. I'm working with a gentleman who's doing some amazing work in the politics arena. And I, if we had to choose, I, I would be willing to bet that the politics arena needs the most work to be completely honest. <laughs> the stuff that he's doing is like, wow, that's transformational. That's really going to transform the, the way that politics um, maneuvers. And he's a coach and a trainer. And so he's hired me to help him get his stuff off the ground. But, you know, there's a lot of problems in regards to people being able to survive this shutdown experience that we're all we're all we're all kind of handling together. Right. And so in the in the real estate industry, I talked to I talked to one person who um, she said that in Seattle, stuff is going you know up to two hundred thousand dollars over list, which is insane, like just insane. And the reason why is because there's no supply. My belief system, Tommy, is that we are going to see a massive deluge because you can't hold a dam up like that without eventually that dam breaking. Yeah. And so, you know, what, and I'm, I'm doing a lot of, lot of work with folks in the mortgage and the real estate industry. I have a sneaky suspicion that we're going to see something coming down the pipe if, 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 if the industry doesn't do anything to solve it, you know, never has in recorded history has the government ever done anything to pull us out of a recession. It's always been, you know, the small to medium sized business owners, the, those leaders that lead their teams, uh, pivoting and moving in different that, that actually allowed us to shift and, and change the game. And so if something doesn't happen, uh, we're going to see another 2008 type experience where all of a sudden people are going under, uh, foreclosures are through the roof. And, you know, they're going to blame it on all these other things. But the reality is, is that you can't have it. You can't hold a dam up like that and continue to expect people to be able to survive that. You're going to have to do something to fix that problem. So that's where I'm seeing the biggest challenge right now. I think you're exactly right. I'm seeing those same type of I mean, the, the inventory down here in Florida is, is ridiculous. There's no inventory pricing on these places are going for crazy money back home. My neighborhood right now, I'm seeing people get to the same level as Seattle. You were just talking about, you know, two, three hundred thousand over. I mean, it's it's insane, and that can't. That's not sustainable. And I think that you're exactly right on that. There's, there's. We'll see what happens. Well, and in the sales game in general, you know, what I'm noticing is, um, and this has been going on. You have marketing who does what's called the buyer's journey. It's a three. It's a three lane highway. This person is. Uh, looking for uh, a, a problem or they don't even know the problem exists. This person's trying to solve a problem. This person's looking for a solution. And when you market, you market based upon that, that outcome, right? Where they're at in their journey, the sales, the, the sales training, the sales functionality hasn't lined up with marketing. This is why you see marketing go it's sales fault, sales go it's marketing's fault because there's no communication between the two. And so the other thing that I'm, the other, the other hole in the marketplace that I'm solving is to tie that to, to create a, an open channel of communication and to create the ability for a sales team to meet that customer at those in those three different lanes um, to allow them the ability to meet because you know sales is the second least trusted profession on the planet. 
right above con right below Congress or right above Congress. And it shifts depending on the year. Right. And so if we're these, you know, again, I believe, I believe sales is a sacred act. And if I'm in a sacred act and my purpose is right and the customer doesn't trust me, there's a disconnect between purpose and intent and delivery. And so, you know, my role with mastering change when it comes to sales professionals is to really close that gap so that sales compute sales professionals can get up in the morning and do what they do, which is help their clients solve problems and meet needs. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's, that's, what's positive, you know, is, is we're talking about this opportunity to, to find ways to get better and to grow. Uh, really what this podcast is about is, is to share that positivity, to share. Yes. Uh, as today we've talked to, there's definitely some things out there in the world that need to get better. What's great, what's positive is think about all those people that stood up and gave their money to to make a better uh, a better life and a better opportunity for these kids that were going through bad times. And there's so much positive in a lot of the stuff we're talking about here. Um, and you know what? That's 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 really what this is all about. And I appreciate you coming on today, Stephen, and talking with us. It's been been, been great to catch up. Uh, you know, at the end here, we do like a, a charity shout out. What charity shout out would you like to the listeners to to try to give to if they've got it today? That would be that would be the Underground Railroad by far. The Underground Railroad, um, their website, OURrescue.org, Operation Underground Railroad, and and they are by far, I think, doing the biggest impact in regards to sex trafficking. You know, it, it it's sick to say, Tommy. But uh, the United States is the number one consumer of this sex trafficking industry. It's a sickness that we need to take a look at. I mean, um, they've worked in 28 countries, 26 different states here in the U.S. They travel around the world. They've been to just about anywhere you can possibly think of. They've got a, a, a documentary out. And, and by far, if you're looking to invest your money and be able to feel good that you're making a real world impact, our, our rescue, OURrescue.org, is by far um, making the biggest impact in regards to this uh, sex trafficking dilemma that we found ourselves in as a species. Well, I, I, I agree with you. I, if, if you're listening, please look into that, our rescue, um, and uh, please give if you can. That, that's definitely saving lots of, lots of young lives, and that's great, Stephen, that there's an organization out there creating a a positive uh, result into an unfortunate situation. Thanks a lot, Stephen Tuhig, for joining us. Um, again, all you listeners, you can check out all of our podcasts on Spotify, the Apple Store, and anywhere quality podcasts are found. You have been listening to Closers Over Coffee. I'm Tommy Jacobs. <laughs>